It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda and Dundalk. The March sales event is now on, offering low APR finance and deposit contribution across the 191 Renault range. Offer ends March 30th, so call into Blackstone Motors, Drogheda or Dundalk today to see how affordable buying a new Renault is. Took out my porcelain teapot about 10 minutes ago or so, scalded it with boiling water and warmed it up. Uh, put the tea in, a couple of spoons of uh, the beautiful loose tea, put the lid back on, kept the pot warm, and I suppose I'm five, six minutes into the brew at this stage. Here I have my cup, yes, my cup is here beside me, and I'm putting in my a little, have a little wee drop of milk, and here's me, me strain going in on top of the cup, and let me do this now, hold on. Jeez, I'm after half to throw in the desk here as well. It's a good job. I haven't been. Look at me notes now and tissue. But I have my tea in the cup now. And let me have a little taste of it here. Hold on a second. Let's see. Hold on, hold on. That ain't no ordinary cup of tea, let me tell you, because that tea has been brewed and made from tea leaves that originated in Ceylon. It's called Lover's Leap Lover's Leap. Pico tea, and it come to me all the way from Cattles in Limerick. And if you remember a few weeks ago, I was talking to a lovely lady. That shop has been open hundreds of years, and she is the current custodian. Her name is Eleanor Purcell, and she's back on the line with me today. Afternoon, Eleanor. Good afternoon, Jerry. Oh my, I'm Eleanor. I'm delighted to hear that you're having a nice cup of tea. <laughs> I am. A really, really nice cup of tea. Let me tell you, I had a little hiccup first because thank you so much I want to say again to you for sending the tea to us. When we made the first brew, Eleanor, I made a mistake. I put too many leaves into the pot and it was mighty strong. But you know something? I have it spot on now and it's gorgeous. Well, good man. You see, it's only by the experiencing it you learn. Yeah. And Jerry, as a rule of thumb, two teaspoons to a pint of water. And a pint would be, we say, a small teapot. The old-fashioned brown teapots that we all knew, they'd have been two pints. Yeah. So they'd have taken four spoons. Put okay. two spoons into a pint of water. Well, that's exactly... I'd say, mine. it's a lovely porcelain teapot. I, I robbed it from the house. Don't tell anyone, uh, Eleanor, that I have it here. It's a beauty. It's precious. But I have it here. It's about a pint in it. And you're right. I put two teaspoons in, and I just think it's perfect. Was I right with the brewing time? About five, six, seven minutes? Is, is that it? A bit, a, bit, a bit long. For myself, I'd rather it on the four minutes. But it, it's, a, it's a matter of taste. Mm. It, Jerry, there's no hard and fast rules. Having a nice cup 
cup of tea is really just about enjoying it. And you might have to make a few mistakes before you get it right. But there's no scarcity of water and you can always top it up with, if you've made it too strong. You can always top it up with a cup of boiling water. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, I have tasted, because this is not the first brew, your bag is well down, I'll tell you. There's not much left in it at this stage. I've tasted it on its own and it's very refreshing. I do like a wee drop of milk in it, to be honest with you. No sugar or anything like that. Have you a preference for how you drink it? Well, I drink the tea black and I don't use any sugar in it because I suppose I try and, well, I don't use much sugar anyway and I don't drink milk at all. So I, but I, I try and keep, you know, there's, there's a palate and there's a tasting of tea and you can taste the tea better without any of the additions. But that's not to say that people, Irish people in particular, love to put milk in their tea. Yeah. And that, and, and, and they want the colour of the milk in, in the tea. That's what they expect. Yes. And again, it's perfectly within the laws to do it. Perfectly within the laws. Do you know, you've brought me back to a time that uh, is so special and I so enjoy now because I love to... I know I use the tea bag when you need a quick shot of tea or whatever, but there's nothing to beat using your beautiful Ceylon Lover's Leap Pico Tea and taking time, letting it brew and enjoying it. And that's what I'm doing today. But listen, you're with me for another reason, because I want to tell listeners, when we finished our lovely conversation the last day, you were talking to our Louise and the conversation came up about what else you do in that wonderful Cahill shop in Limerick. And one thing caught my attention and we're going to talk about it for the next while. Now, before we do, I do want to say to people that what we're going to talk about is snuff. And I, I, I just wonder, I'll ask listeners today, is there anybody out there snuffs? Is that what you say? Do they snuff? Am I using the right terms, Ellen? You can say to snuff or to take a pinch of snuff. Okay. So uh, they're the two they're the two expressions for using it. Right. Well let me ask our friends, our late lunch friends listening today, and there's lots and lots of them. Does anyone snuff out there still? If you do, let us know. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Or you can call in on 1850-715-958. And I do, I have to do this anyway. It does say on, and I have a little box of it here, that it is a tobacco product and it damages your health and health and could be addictive. So just to say that be, and, and preface that before we talk about it. Now listen, come back here to Snuff. You, I believe, are the last one in Ireland making your own, Yes. Not making it, I don't make it anymore. Right. I do blend a bit. Okay. I do blend particular flavours for people, but I, I don't make it anymore. Making it is a byproduct of um, making tobacco. And did you ever make it? Was it ever made in your shop there? Well, that's, that's why the shop was opened in 1870 when the shop was opened. It was um, opened as a tobacco factory and uh, shop. There was a huge tobacco industry in Limerick at that time and the snuff is actually made from the waste product of the tobacco because it's made from the petiole of the leaf. You know the hard bit of the leaf that yes. runs up the middle? Yes. That's what the snuff is made from and that is extracted from the leaf. It's baked and then ground up into a fine powder. And then the powder can be... and. That's snuff then, but then um, down to the times, all kinds of perfumes and oils were added to it just to change the flavour of it. But our shop was particularly noted for a snuff called Cahill's High Toast, which was a plain white snuff with no perfume additions. Um, a lot of the snuff that's there on the market now has uh, mentholiptus oil mm. added, and that gives it a kind of a, a refreshing, minty kind of taste. Yes. Now, you mentioned blends, so you do this still yourself. You produce certain flavours that you have customers for. Yes, yes. Because, Jerry, unknown to the world, there's still a lot of people take snuff. 
um, and I suppose a lot of them find their way to me. Um, I'd have I'd have a, quite a number of customers, but the the, the raw the, the the basic snuff now I bring from England from Kendall. There's a tobacco factory in Kendall that still produces a high toast snuff, which would be very very similar to what we would have produced ourselves. And now, that- I actually don't ever remember the snuff being made. Yeah. Just after the first, just the first World War, kind of changed the, the 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 availability really of the tobacco because the ships couldn't come from America and the whole kind of snuff world changed then, and the manufacturing in my shop ceased then. But I still have the accoutrements to make it downstairs a big, big kind of a red brick oven. And the snowflake, it's for all the world, it looks like what's now a modern pizza oven. Yes. With a kind of a, a shovel that the snuff was put into the fire, but kept out of the fire, if you know what I mean. Yeah, And then it was ground. There was a huge, big mortar and pestle down in the shop that was used to grind it. Now, the funny thing about this, the basement of the shop is, where all this stuff is, that it's very poor headroom. Mm. It's very low and even as a child, I remember there was one man who used to come as a customer into the shop. And my father used to tell me that he walked down there and he was a tiny, small little man because he needed to be small to walk down in the basement. Right. So that was a prerequisite of, of getting the yeah. job. Now, come back to Kendall's and where you get it from. What, what you're talking about there, you don't add this menthol flavour to it, no? Well, it's not so much menthol. I, it's, it, there's enough menthol available on the market, but there are some perfumes that I add. Okay. I have lovely wallflower flavours or um, orange flavours, and I, I blend those myself. It's really to make the 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 adding oils stretch further, you know, that yes. I, I blend them down myself. So there is a demand for snuff. What age profile are you talking about? Is it a, a, an older generation thing? Um... It's all generations. I suppose a lot of people would um, use snuff um, to stop themselves smoking mm. because it really gives you the nicotine hit. Now, I was thinking about this before yesterday and the day before and look, thinking about my customers. And one very, um, one very amusing fellow um, gave me a description of why he takes snuff. And it was that if he had a few extra pints the night before... A pinch of snuff is great to clear his head. And that would be, that would be really, I suppose, the basis of why a lot of people would take a pinch of snuff in the morning. It would be to clear their head if they had a bit too much to drink. Right. Interesting, interesting indeed. Now, the age profile, you say, is spread across the age groups as well. And its popularity, obviously, you're stocking it and selling it as well. I remember from my younger years, when I went to school and I was in the Christian Brothers Secondary School in Drogheda, there was a brother there called Brother Fox and that was the first time I saw Snuff. When he'd be teaching us French, he was a French teacher among, among other subjects, he'd be snuffing in the class, Eleanor. Yeah, and I suppose that would be highly um, politically incorrect now. Yep. But it, it, it would be addictive, Jerry. Like, if you were a snuffer, you would, it, it is addictive. And I suppose he took a pinch of snuff because he wasn't allowed smoke in the classroom. Yeah. That would be that plain and square. (laughs) As would a lot of people. Yes. Um, There's a very interesting um, little fact that in the the British Houses of Parliament, there's a snuff horn that people, that 
the MPs can take snuff before they go into and um, that's there for hundreds of years. Oh well Eleanor it's a pity that they didn't take a heap of snuff last night before they went into that vote. I'm telling you they might have been different. something and sort themselves out they're, <laughs> they're, they're missing something. They <laughs> certainly are but and I remember the brother as you say politically incorrect giving us <laughs> young fellas, do you want to try it? <laughs> Jesus, could you imagine today if that happened? Sure, it'd be all over uh, Facebook and Twitter and everything condemning the man. But look, it was of a different era, and I, I want to say that. Now, I have a little box of McChrystal's snuff here in my hand. So that that's a very common snuff, is it, that you can buy around the shops around the country? That's really what, you know, that's, that, that's what's most available in the market. And that, to me, would be a dark brown, yep. insulated snuff. Oh, by God, it's mentholated. I'm getting yes. the, the whiffs here from it even already. How should I take it? Is there a technique in taking snuff? On your hand. Right. God, Holy God was very good because when he was making us, he actually gave us what is, I know, I hope I said the word right, an anatomical... Um, bone in your hand okay. called your natural snuff box and if you lay your hand flat on the table and yep. spread out your fingers yep. then pick up and flex up your thumb yes. there's a crevice oh yeah yeah I have it thumb. I have it now, it's, that it... is your natural snuff box so that little so, gap there when I spread my fingers flex up my thumb with my hand flat there I see the little rece- receptacle there in yes. on the back of my hand it's beside me Fitbit Eleanor but we won't get into that that's definitely from a different generation okay so I have this little place here what will I do will I put a little pinch of it into it now put a little pinch in okay hold on a little a pinch a small pinch now a very small okay pinch. small yeah it's tiny it's tiny yeah. okay and what do I do now now quite elegantly yeah Raise your hand to your nostril and Ra- just... Raise my hand to my nostril. And should I block the... Uh, this is my left nostril now as I sit looking at the microphone. Will I block the other nostril? You could do. Okay, you can just go on. Take, take a pinch. Okay, here I go. Here I go. I'm going to do it. Wish me well. Wish me well. Here we go. You'll be all right. Oh... <laughs> <laughs> Now, you can see, it's like dancing on the radio, Jerry. You can feel now the way that the snuff kind of goes up your nose and yeah. releases a kind of a... It's, it's almost like a little rush. It's, it it's, is. Um, yeah. It is. It's... it's now, oh, my it's God. And, and the mental... I, I'm really getting... Like, you mentioned it being flavoured with that. Certainly, it's like Vicks multiplied by 10 or something like that. But you can have other flavours, as I say, perfume flavours from uh, flowers, wallflower rose cinnamon flavoured, clove flavoured, orange flavours. There's countless flavours. Okay. But the effect of the snuff is that it opens, I suppose, the, the capillaries in your nose. Now, quite possibly you would sneeze. Yes. And that would always be, when people in the shop, because I have a little bowl of snuff there that people can just take a pinch, that it, they'd sneeze immediately. Yeah. But some people do sneeze and some people don't. Oh, listen, I have, I have to do this again. Hold on, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. This is, uh, I have put a little pinch in. I have to do the other nostril because I have to be fair. I couldn't leave balanced. the other foot out. Yeah. Can I do the other foot? Just hold on there a second. One more. Here we go. <laughs> now we're been balanced for sure. That's it. So I've done a little tiny pinch on inside, one on each side. I don't have the feeling at this point in time to sneeze, to be honest with you. Well, that's that's grand. But as the, as the time goes on now, 
you will feel, well, I certainly would feel in the mornings if I took a, a pinch of snuff, but your your head kind of clears up. You kind of, you, 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 you focus a bit better. Yeah, yeah. No, look, at I can feel that clearness. I can feel what you said there. That's like, but it certainly opened up the channels from my nose up into uh, beyond my forehead. Now, hold on a minute. Let me have a little pour there. I have to. I have to enhance this with another little mouthful of the salon tea. Is that okay? You're having the tea as well. Mm. This evening, Jerry, you're a Georgian gentleman. You're having a pinch of snuff <laughs> and some very good tea. And could the world be any better? Not, Not really. one bit better today, can I tell you, Eleanor Parcel? That is for sure. Now, one thing uh, I wanted to ask you as well, just while we're on this subject. Do people today buy, I remember, plug tobacco and pipes. Are there people pipe smoking still? Again, Jerry, in the greater world, it's declining, I suppose, very rapidly. Mm. But because I'm the only source of, we'll say, good tobacco and pipes outside of Dublin, I actually sell a lot of these, um, a lot of a, a lot of pipes. Yeah. Most of the pipes in Ireland are all made in Dublin by Petersons. It's kind of a world famous um, brand of pipe, and mm. it's a very again, it's an old business. It's there since the late eighteen hundreds, and it's a very kind of craft based business. The pipe is made from uh, the head of the pipe is made from the root of a plant, a briar plant that grows in Mediterranean areas. Corsican I would be one of the big suppliers. At one time, Saint-Claude in France was the biggest supplier of briar, but it's kind of all gone from there. And in other parts of the world, pipe smoking is still very uh, very common. Mm. There's something very relaxing, Jerry, about smoking a pipe. And for, my father is dead a long time now, but when I, there's something very nostalgic about the smell of pipe yeah. tobacco. Mm -hmm. uh, So many people have said to me that if they saw a man smoking in the street, they'd walk after him to get the smell of it. Yes, and you know, you know, Elnor, I'm an angler, I do a lot of fishing on the lakes and that, and I... I can remember on a number of occasions being out drifting on the boat on the lake fishing, fly fishing, and to catch the waft, uh, I, I caught the waft, you know what I mean, of the pipe smoke. And when you'd look around, there'd be a guy maybe on an island having a cup of tea or a bite to eat, and you'd just catch it on the breeze. It's something else. It's something lovely. I have one customer who does a lot of boating above the, the lake, uh, Loch Derg, the wave near us here, and he told me that he can identify what boats are there in the dark by the tobacco that they're smoking. But you don't see pipe smokers now so much anymore because even God help us, a lot of poor men are sent out to the shed in their own houses. They won't be let smoke the pipe in their house. Yeah. They have to go out to their shed. I know, I know. And I and we do and I do want to say again, we are talking about this day. Emphasize we understand the warnings there are about uh uh, tobacco and cigarettes and stuff on that as well. I want to emphasise that, that people understand that as well. But this is a bit of nostalgia going back to a time when this was big and we're hearing today, yes, people are still snuffing and pipe smoking as well. Well, you know something? You've really been a tonic for me between the tea and the snuff and the pipes to hear that it still is alive and well. Well, Jerry, if if you take from me that if you take... Uh, go to the trouble of making a pot of nice tea and then you sit down, relax and enjoy it. That's the first lesson. And then for the man who smokes his pipe, the people would leave him alone and let him sit down and view the world while smoking his pipe. And I, and, and to my experience, 
And the men that do that, maybe they have, and a lot of them are very old men, I might add. I have customers in their 80s and 90s who have sm- who smoke their pipes and enjoy life and, mm. and relax smoking them. Jerry, a lot of the trouble of life now is, I believe, we're moving too fast. It's yeah. stress-based. Mm. And, and where are we? what are we in such a hurry for? And, and so, the other thing, Eleanor, is none of us are getting out of this alive. Has anybody realised that yet? Well, I think that's a very... Exactly. And we to make as much as, and as good as the life we have here. Now, again, it's, as you say, it's not for me to be promoting smoking. Yeah. But for the people who do smoke, there is... It's not all bad. And there is a great... Um, there's a great wealth of de-stressing and relaxing attached to to to, to, to taking a pull of your pipe and, and seeing the world will pass you by. Absolutely. Eleanor, you're a tonic. I have to leave it there today. I appreciate you taking the call. Thank you so much for uh, really bringing something back from yesteryear. I will, I will, I promise you. I will be down that neck of the woods and I will give you a shout and I'd love to meet you, but we may talk even before that again. Eleanor Purcell from Cowles in Limerick. Thanks a million. Thanks, Jerry. Good luck. I think the new name George and Jerry suits you. (laughs) What do you think? I'm actually sniffing here all through that. George and Jerry. Uh, what about that? I've been called many things in my time. Gigi. Uh, look at Louise, you, you, you had a little snuff yourself yesterday, hadn't you? I made a complete pig's ear out of it. Oh, you want to see I the stain of her? Snuff all over me mouth. She had and this little hands. brown tash that she had under her nose. <laughs> and I actually went home last night and I blew my nose and I was actually heading for A&E. I was... <laughs> I looked and there was brown stuff and I was God, I thought I was on death's door and then I realised it was a snuff it hadn't, I don't know, stuck up there. <laughs> didn't work for it. me. Well, I tell you, my head's as clear as anything and I haven't, I didn't sneeze uh, with it there to be honest with you. But look, uh, uh, I'd love to know, are there people who snuff? Maybe people don't want to tell us if they snuff or not but does anybody enjoy a little pinch of snuff now and then? I'd love to know snuff? if you take it if you have a cold, a head cold. Oh, certainly with that menthol in it, it'll clear yeah. the head. I'm dying. I'm going to get in touch with her because she has the pure stuff, the real McCoy without the menthol. I'll have to have a go at that for sure. Richard's been on to say, Jerry, I'm just here listening to your show, having a smoke of my pipe with Mick McQuaid tobacco. God, there's going back as well. That is a famous name. Tony rang us from Tenerife. He's been on mm. uh, to say you can get snuff in a tube, but they put it into a gauze or a bit of lint, squeeze it out and put a spoonful into the side of their jaws or between their gums and teeth and that keeps them going here all night that's a different way of using it for sure sounds rotten it sounds odd altogether doesn't it but yeah. look at obviously that's a, a continental thing as well but interesting to hear there's still a market for it it's still being bought where I bought them a crystal snuff I have to say the young boys in the shop were intrigued by it and they say they're still selling quite a bit of it as well have you a snuff story do you snuff are you a snuffer do you get what we're talking about today if you do let us know what your thoughts are we'd love to hear from you 086 658 text us whatsapp us ring in 1850 as well the Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada and Dundalk. The March sales event is now on, offering low APR finance and deposit contribution across the 191 Renault range. Offer ends March 30th, so call into Blackstone Motors, Drada or Dundalk today to see how affordable buying a new Renault is.
Imagine being given the opportunity every single month on Late Lunch on LMFM to put your questions to a brilliant vet for free. Imagine having that opportunity. Well, yes, you have it again today because she's back with us and I'm delighted to see her. Sinead Kelly, welcome. Thanks, good to be back. Good to see you on the show again and let's get straight to business, Sinead. First question in and if you want to ask Sinead a question, here are the numbers 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Get your questions in now or you can call in on 1850-715-958. Why has my dog started to eat his poo? He's been wormed a week ago. He's a year old, Sinead. Okay, I mean, the most common cause is it's actually a behavioural, um, you know, issue, a behavioural problem. But I mean, occasionally it can happen that they'll eat their own faeces if they have like a malabsorption condition, maybe if they have underlying problems with uh, diarrhoea or vomiting or, as I say, malabsorption. So if you find that he's passing diarrhoea or very loose, bulky stools, go and have a chat with your vet about it, get that investigated. If his poos are normal, there's no vomiting, there's no weight loss, it's more likely to be a behavioural issue. And really, there's a couple of things you can do. There is a thing you can get in the vet's um, that you put in their food and it makes the faeces taste really, really disgusting. So it kind of deters them from eating it. So that's one thing to certainly start. The other thing to do is, uh, and it's going to be, you're, you're going to have to be quite diligent, is every time the dog passes faeces in the garden or wherever he is, you'll need to pick it up as soon as possible and bin it so he can't do it. The other thing people sometimes do is try putting something like hot chilli powder in a bowel motion and then seeing does the dog go and eat it and you can act as a deterrent. So the dog is then f- tasting the, the hot chilli powder and it doesn't taste very nice and then it puts them off eating the faeces but in my experience most of them are that determined that they'll still eat it despite that so I think what you're probably going to have to do is rather than solving the problem you're going to have to live with the problem in as as, as soon as you let the dog out in the garden to, to pass faeces you need to go and p- pick it up so take it out of their view. Is that a common problem? It's Sinead? quite common, yeah. It's not uncommon, yeah. It is something that they seem to do as a behavioural issue. As I say, occasionally it can be due to malabsorption, diarrhoea issues, but more commonly than not, it's it's a it's a behavioural issue. It, for example, if the dog is on his own all day in the garden, it could be a boredom thing as well. That's another issue. Or as I say, it could be a, a malabsorption issue. Or is he on a correct diet? So I'm presuming the dog's on a perfectly well balanced diet. He's getting all his vitamins and minerals. He's getting all his protein, fat, carbohydrates. Uh, just check that that's okay because occasionally, again, if they're not being fed properly, their appetite becomes a bit depraved. Now, tied in with that, you talk about a dog being alone. I have a related question here, if you and we'll we'll, we'll deal with it now, if you you don't mind. Uh, Our neighbours have been telling us that our dog gets uh, very boisterous and noisy from time to time during the day when we're away at work. I've heard about separation anxiety. Is this what this fella is suffering from, a listener wants to know? Yeah, I mean, certainly separation anxiety is quite a common condition. So it's like a, a an emotional condition that dogs can suffer from, um, where basically it says it is, as, as the name su- suggests, when they're separated from their owner, they become very anxious and upset. Now, that might manifest itself as crying, vocalising, howling. It might manifest itself as being destructive in the house. Um, it might manifest itself as uh, passing urine or faeces in the house. Um, and there's a number of different things that you can try. I mean, you yourself, what you need to do is make sure the dog is really well exercised and stimulated before you go out and after you come in. So there's the, the dog is tired out and isn't going to kind of be full of pent up energy in the house when you're on your own. Um, do something like leave the television on or leave a radio on. Um, leave a few kind of toys that maybe the dog can play with. But again, you have to be so careful that the toys are indestructible and the dog isn't going to eat something that gets stuck. Um, and failing all that, then I think you need to speak to your vet and get the name of a local behavioural um, expert and they'll give you advice on what to do when you're leaving the dog to have a routine for leaving the dog and to help deal with the separation anxiety. But dogs who have separation anxiety are a bit like nervous or anxious people. They can be quite nervous or anxious and there's various different things you can do to bolster their confidence. So get the name of a behaviourist from your vet. 
And I suppose it's not nice when neighbours are telling you that a dog's no, creating exactly, a racket. Exactly. So you need day. to get that sorted out, definitely. Okay, thanks indeed for that, Sinead. Let's move to our feline friends. Jerry, I have three cats. One male, two years old, has become really aggressive in the last month. I can't figure out why. Can Sinead point me in any direction with this one, please? OK, well, the first thing to think of was re- just really, is the, dog, is the cat in pain? So is there some medical condition going on that's causing the cat to feel in pain or cranky? And so when the cat's being contacted by the other cats or the humans in the house, he's getting upset and anxious and he's feeling he's going to be, be hurt. So maybe pop along to the vet, get a clinical exam done so that you know that the, the cat isn't in pain. The next thing you're dealing with is that there is a, a psychological issue going on and something has caused distress to, to the cat. Number one thing for cats is if there is a new cat on the block outside, is threatening the cat's territory, is making the cat feeling stressed and anxious and on high alert. So that's something to investigate, see is that happening? Um, again, I think there's other cats in the household, I think you were saying from this further three, on. This there are three, cats. this is one of three yeah, and this is yeah. a male. So I mean, the problem with cats is we kind of keep them a little bit incorrectly in that cats actually prefer living solitarily as a single cat. They often get really, really stressed by the presence of one or two or three or four more cats in the house. Even if the two or three or four cats have been brought up since kittenhood, cats get stressed by other cats. And so it is possible that this cat is just very stressed by the presence of other cats in the house. Why it's suddenly happened now, there's maybe something happening in the social hierarchy. Maybe one of the cats is trying to exert a little bit more control of the situation. Now, what you can do is, I mean, when you've popped along to your vet to get the cat checked out for physical problems, um, ask the cat about the a thing called feelyway, which is, I think I've mentioned this before, it's the, the, the cat appeasing pheromone. So it's a synthetic form of this little cat pheromone that they produce from their scent glands um, and that acts to kind of calm and relax and neutralise the situation a little bit so have a chat with them about feelyway and there's a few there are some medications you can get which can make the cat feel more relaxed and more more calm and and, and you know chilled about things so have a chat with your vet is probably the best thing to do so again I, I, you've said this many times dogs are social creatures yeah, and so need actually, engagement we, we should probably we, we kind of get a little bit wrong we tend to keep dogs solitarily and we tend to have cats as groups and actually if we could manage this situation in our house dogs are probably happier with another dog and cats are probably happier on their own but you know people just kind of do their households in different ways according to how they see fit Jerry, can you ask Sinead what are the signs of parvo? Now that's quite an open question, and the way it's been asked, I don't know. But yeah, so parvo parvovirus is um, a really nasty um, infection caused by a virus called the canine parvovirus, um, and basically what it causes it starts off causing vomiting, then it causes diarrhea, and then this progresses to what we call hemorrhagic diarrhea, so passing an awful lot of blood in the diarrhea. Now it's, it first came to light in kind of the late seventies, early eighties, as the disease came over from the States and since then has regularly been a scourge in in dog populations the world over. Now there is a very, very good and effective vaccination against it. So you need to get your puppy vaccinated two or three times from pup, when they're a puppy and then you need to get um, regular boosters to, to boost immunity. Um, and it is one of the diseases that even if they are vaccinated, sometimes they can get a milder form of it. Um, but certainly if you suspect your dog has parvo, you don't dilly-dally because parvo can kill and in as much as 50% of cases it can be fatal. So you really really if you see bloody diarrhea if you see a listless dog vomiting with diarrhea you need to contact your vet and get that sorted out it's also very very contagious not to humans but to other dogs so the actual vomit and diarrhea that the dog passes contains the infectious agent contains the virus and it can spread really really easily 
Uh, remember it can be vaccinated against and that is the important thing to say here. Another one about our canine canine friends. My dog is eating well, Sinead, uh, but is putting on little condition and looks really thin. How would I know if my dog has worms or could that be a possibility? Yeah, people always think that could be worms and certainly the first thing you would do is get your dog wormed. But I mean, worms in an adult dog are unlikely to cause a huge amount of significant weight loss or lack of weight gain. So, I mean, certainly get the dog wormed. The only way you can tell if the dog has worms, sometimes they'll pass um, adult roundworms in their faeces or sometimes they'll pass grains of rice, it'll tapeworm sediments in their faeces, but often than not, you wouldn't see. So I would say routinely worm your dog every three months. The other causes of the dog eating well and not gaining weight, um, then I think you need to have a chat with your vet because there could be some disease process going on that's affecting that. That could be a disease affecting the gastrointestinal tract. So a, a condition whereby there's poor absorption of intestinal um, you know, nutrients um, or there just could be so many diseases will call weight, cause weight loss so liver disease, kidney disease you know, some kind of cancers, things like that so don't get in a panic, don't think oh my god this is something terrible especially if the dog is bright and happy and eating but if you're finding that the dog is underweight and is not gaining weight despite you feeding more you need to get it investigated. They can have a problem with their pancreas called pancreatic insufficiency where they don't produce enough pancreatic enzymes to digest fats that can cause weight loss or poor weight gain but is normally accompanied by by diarrhea as well so definitely go and have a chat with your vet our dog is 16 and the vet has him on diazepam he is looking for food all the time would this be the tablet that's causing it yeah actually diazepam is one of the tablets that can cause um polyphagia or extreme hunger as one of its side effects so i suspect it probably is diazepam unless there's other issues underneath so for example if your dog is 16 there could be a few different things going on so sometimes liver disease can cause a, a an excessive hunger or diabetes can cause excessive hunger. I presume your own vet has ruled these out. So I would say probably not to worry. Um, it's probably the diazepam. OK, there you are. That is the reason. Uh, when should a pup vi- be vaccinated, asks John Androhada this afternoon. Yeah, normally the first vaccine is between about seven and eight weeks and the second vaccine between about 10 and 12 weeks. But it does depend on the individual brand of vaccine. So phone up your vet and just ask what their vaccine protocol is. Because normally it, it is really, really important because studies have shown that maternal antibodies, so the antibodies that the puppies got from their mummy's milk, they start to wane at about six, seven, eight weeks. Um, and then there's some still, these antibodies can interfere with vaccination. So there's actually a window of vaccination that we have to adhere to. So the work has all been done by the vaccine manufacturers. So speak to your vet and just say, what's your protocol? And make sure that your puppy does not go out and meet other dogs that, that you don't know their vaccine history until at least a week after the final vaccine. So that's very important. Another one, and this time we're back to cats. Uh, a scratching post for a cat. Is it a good idea, yeah, Sinead? absolutely, to protect your furniture. Although I re- remember in the past when I had my last cat that often the cat liked to scratch the, f- the sofa as well as the scratching post. But yeah, you can get some amazing cat toys now and scratching posts really are a good idea. Cats love to be able to scratch their, to, to, to drag their claws and things and scratch them. So it's very beneficial. Definitely, go for it. So if you're having issues with them scratching the furniture, that yeah, type of thing, get, this is a the thing post. to do. Yeah. And will they find it themselves like that? Yeah, they'll find it themselves and yeah. often what you can do is you can get some catnip and put some catnip on the scratching post so that'll encourage them to go to it and, and, and to, to seek kind of entertainment there. So it's a good thing to go for. We have a dog that's proving very difficult to walk. He's just over a year old at this stage and restraining him when we have him out has become a real problem for myself. And my wife says a listener... 
can you recommend what's the best way to get this fella under control? Yeah, I mean, normally I say a harness is the best thing. Now, there is there are a number of different harnesses on the market. There's one called a no-pull harness, um, which basically has kind of two kind of loops of, of material that literally gently kind of squeeze the dog's torso as you pull the dog back. So that's very effective, a no-pull harness. If the dog is really, really, you know, strong and pulling an awful lot, you can go with a no-pull harness on the on the body at the same time as a halty on the head. So a halty is like a head collar for the for the dog um, and it acts by putting pressure on the nose. So literally you'll have, you could have two leads with this dog. One lead on the harness, one lead on the halty. Um, so I would try those. If you're still not managing or even if you have those, contact your local dog training class and go and get some, uh, uh, you know, literally, you know, on the job advice from a dog trainer that'll just give you some little helpful handy hints as to how to deal with them. But I would definitely, you know, try your harness and your halty as your as your points of, of first call and then speak to a dog training class, definitely. No choke chain. No choke chains are horrendous. They're very, very painful and they cause lots of injuries. So definitely not. Yeah. Um, so and the main thing, I mean, if you're trying yourself is lots of reward and praise when the dog is walking beside you calmly. So you can give a little treat or a little titbit, lots of praise. Um, and then what the, the advice is that if your dog is pulling you along, you literally gently pull back and, and stop and the walk stops. So the dog soon learns that every time he pulls, he doesn't get to go anywhere. You stop and you turn around. So that's a kind of psychological thing that you can try as well. Um, but I think, first of all, you need proper proper harness and proper halty, first of all. You know, a little thing I found with Messi uh, was that I always have a, I have a lovely thorn stick I take with me when I'm walking. It's just habit. I, my father always yeah. did it. I did it as well. But if you just, if he, when he was pulling and this, this controlled him, I just put it in front of his nose, the stick yeah. leaned over in front of his nose and he just pulled back. And then after a while, you didn't have to do it because yeah. he understood, exactly. you know what I mean, that he was to exactly. walk beside yeah. you as well. That's, that's you don't need you to, you know, be aggressive or yeah. anything yeah. like that. If There's the dog is physically strong, you need to have some good aids so that can help you control the dog. So the mm. harness and the halty are a good idea. Um, and as I say, praising and rewarding when the dog is walking well and not pulling and literally stopping the walk when the dog is pulling. And if all that is failing, then you, there's plenty of dog training classes. Um, you should be some in your locality that you can find out from your vet maybe and, and get some help from them. You've been talking, Jerry, about a scratching post there for cats on a similar theme. My cat has gone mad scratching the last few weeks. What would the signs of fleas be if it were fleas? Okay, yeah, fleas. Well, you might sometimes see the fleas. They're tiny little dark, dark red, browny uh, creatures that kind of move very quickly through the fur. The easiest way to, the, the best way to look for them is if you get the cat, say, on your lap um, and get a little bit of wet cotton wool and then basically rub the cat's fur the wrong way. So from the tail head up to the head. So you're parting the fur and you're looking for little, little bits of black grit. They look like little... little even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Little black dots kind of thing. And if you put these little black dots on a piece of wet cotton wool, they'll stain red because these are actually flea feces. So they're the things that you can check for. If you don't get any further, you know, checking first, then pop along to your vet. I mean, often a lot of people go and get flea treatment without even knowing that there's fleas. So have a look yourself. If not, then go to your vet. It might not be fleas. There, there could be allergic problems going on or other issues going on. But definitely check for fleas, first of all, yourself. Be very careful when you go to get flea treatment. I always urge people to go really to um, a, um, a, a really 
really good pet shop or preferably the vets to get the, the most effective treatments because a lot of the flea treatments are becoming ineffective because the fleas are becoming resistant. So often the best ones are the ones that are only sold through the vets. Uh, also, if you do still insist on buying them from the supermarket make sure that they're properly labelled and you buy the cat flea treatment because if you inadvertently put a dog flea treatment on a cat it's a huge overdose in in drug and it can cause seizures and and problems and can cause death so be very very careful so flea treatment can kill your cat if you put dog flea treatment on by accident This is another one that comes up regular but somebody else has this issue today and I could nearly answer this for myself Sinead has addressed it so many times over the years but here we go again In recent weeks as we take our dog for a walk we notice that after he empties himself uh, in brackets which we do pick up he runs along with his bottom on the ground. <laughs> scooting, yeah, is that what yeah, you got? Yeah, so scooting. scooting. Now, sometimes that's a sign of anal gland impaction. So they have two little anal glands on each side of their anus and they have they produce a little secretion that the dog normally um, passes on top of their poo when they're passing faeces and that acts as a little form of identification. And uh, so he could be getting um, scooting because of anal gland impaction. So you need to get that checked out of the vet. They can be emptied. It could be sometimes, obviously dogs don't wipe their bums and sometimes they just feel a bit uncomfortable and it could just be there's a little bit of poo there or they're feeling a little bit itchy and they're pulling along for no obvious reason so definitely get checked for, for anal gland impaction uh, make sure your dog is worm that's sometimes very occasionally another cause but as I say if your dog has emptied anal glands and you've been regularly wormed and, and the dog is still doing it occasionally it's probably just a little bit of irritation or discomfort after after going for to pass a bowel motion I remember the day I brought Messi to Sinead uh, and he was at that himself and uh, it was the glands yeah, that yeah. needed squeezing. Oh my God, uh, your job, I wouldn't have it. No, I know, it's not, not a good job. The world. Yeah, yeah. But the difference it made when yeah. you released the pressure in the glands yeah, and yeah. thank God and touch wood, he's never had an issue yeah. with it since. But it is, you can only think about how the animal must be feeling. Well, it know? feels a bit like having a balloon inflated up your bum. <laughs> oh, I think that's how it feels. They've got these two little... Kind of sacks literally full to the bursting and, and that's what makes them feel and they physically can't get their head around far enough to get it so the best thing they can do is drag their bum on the ground so okay. that's what they do. Uh, last question and a quick one uh, about uh, a cat as well. Uh, my female cat has had a second litter quite quickly. We okay. thought that um, she was neutered. How would you think oh, she's gosh, neutered? Okay. But anyway, look, there's been a second litter and it was unexpected. What do you say there? Oh, right. Well, OK, you need to be very careful because uh, cats can have another season very quickly after having the kittens, even when they're still feeding the kittens. So keep the cat inside. And when the kittens are about six weeks of age, have a chat with your vet about getting her neutered. You need to, to move quite quickly because okay. she can get pregnant again very quickly. So do not let her go outside at all until she's been neutered. And don't assume. Yeah, don't assume. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> because definitely. when you assume, well, an, another family arrives. Anyway, Sinead, thank you so much again for all your wonderful it's advice. We'll see you next month. And uh, we leave you today. I think with an appropriate one uh, because you're with us today it's the cure and don't they all love cats absolutely Bite and scratch and scream all night Let's go and throw
with late lunch on LMFM radio now when chef Tara Walker mentioned to me that she was part of a six week programme for parents at St John and Paul's National Schools my ears pricked up I just had to pop along on the final day to meet the participants and shine a light on a brilliant idea first up I spoke with Barry Eaton from Louth County Council who explained what the initiative was all about and why Louth County Council supported it well, Jerry, we had an idea uh, late last year in 2018 that we'd like to run a course uh, and uh, involving the team of Stop Food Waste. And I suppose the idea we had at the time was that we wanted to do something that was both educational and fun. So I approached the teachers in St. John's and St. Paul's, and they came on board straight away. They thought it was a good idea. But the one stipulation they put on it was that we got local chef Tara Walker involved. Now, as soon as we spoke to Tara, I think she fully understood what uh, the idea of the course would be about in terms of reducing food waste. Uh, on average, Irish people uh, throw out about €13 Euros per week of food waste. And I think that's money that we can all ill afford to, to, to uh, put out in our waste. So it really came about from that. Uh, it was local people in Drada. We, we decided that we got the parents of the local schools involved. And from day one, the enthusiasm, not just of the teachers of Tara, but also the participants has been fantastic, as I think you've just seen. And it's been a very enjoyable uh, programme to be involved with. You have some gathering of parents in there, and they've come here for how many weeks? Uh, for, this is the six weeks, the sixth, the sixth and the last week. Now, when I spoke to Regina, first of all, uh, we mentioned maybe that we might get 10 or 12 parents involved, but she came back just the week beforehand and said she had 27. And every week that we've been here, it has been at least 25 people, so it's been a fantastic uh, attendance every week. So from Loud County Council's perspective, this is a winner all the way? Well, I think it's been a huge success. Uh, I, I think, Jerry, one thing that I'd be very uh, aware of is the fact that like Drada has had some bad publicity in, in recent times and to be involved with something locally with the schools, with a local chef, with the parents of the area here and for it to be so successful and to be so positive, it's something that I'm very uh, delighted and happy to be involved in. Regina Clark, Homeschool Community Liaison Teacher in St John's School. God, Regina, that is a title and a <laughs> half, I have to say. Thank you for inviting me here this morning. We've heard what Barry has to say there. From your perspective, what do you say about this programme? Well, this programme has been such a success. 
we've really, really been delighted to work with Barry because we couldn't have the funding for such a fabulous programme with Tara Walker. Tara has been exceptional and for us it's been such a pleasure to have a really well-run, well-funded through uh, EPA and through Barry in in Loud County Council. So it's been such a success for us. It's a real buzz. Uh, Parents have so enjoyed it. But it's part of our programme of working with parents. That's my job. I've got that lovely long title, but I'm a teacher uh, basically and I've been working in this school for a very long time so with my role is working with parents offering different classes and visiting parents and basically being the link that's the liaison part being the link between the school and the home so it's a really varied role which I really enjoy and we have other classes so uh, for parents like we have we've started a singing for fun class we have an adult colouring class we're about to have a gardening class which we hope that will tie in nicely with our food growing so we're going to have uh, that's run by the LMETB so we're going to have a six weeks uh, gardening course starting next week so we're hoping that'll be a lovely tie-in leading so they'll be uh, growing the food before cooking them with Tara's recipes so um, it's just been such a a, a success and we're really delighted to to be here and to facilitate Tara and then Barry with the with the money man with the funds from that county council very very important I have to say I'm so impressed I have seen these schools being built and to be in here today, look at the canteen and the facility you have here for children as well. Now, Barry mentioned the, the, the premise of this course, food waste, but also I would say the parents have learned a lot about food preparation from Tara and you've produced a beautiful little booklet that they're all getting today at the end of the six weeks. That's right, and it's all those recipes and it's all about uh, f- uh, food using different... Sim- basic products from local supermarkets not expensive products to use in different ways so that they won't be wasted at home and they're, they're really nutritious like we've just heard from Alan Dunn who talked about uh, mental health but like healthy body healthy mind it's an old phrase but it's there for a reason so uh, absolutely uh, and then there's a lovely tie in our canteen is is wonderful for our children there's breakfast in the morning and then lunches again they source good food uh, and it's a very reasonable price for children children coming to school in morning times we hear it all over that a lot of children come and they haven't had a breakfast and they're not really organised for the day. Do you find that here, that a lot of children take up the breakfast option? We have quite a few. Um, th- I'm not sure of numbers now, but we do have quite a few. And for us as teachers, as somebody who's been here for a very long time, it, before you'd have children who perhaps for various reasons didn't have a breakfast, and now they have a breakfast, we can send them to the breakfast club, and then the learning that's happening then in classrooms is just brilliant because they have, they've been fed, they you know, and they're ready to learn. And obviously that's our main job to, to, to teach but um, all in all this as you said Jerry, this th- we are in heaven in these lovely new buildings absolutely fabulous and uh, we could do a tour and see our lovely library as well <laughs> or um, it's just a wonderful move on as somebody who's been in the old building and that had its charm as well but to be in this fabulous building for our kids the learning that's happening the facilities they have and the opportunities that they have it's just brilliant and then 
then for me working with parents it's another wow and so it's amazing community and that's the community part of the C part of my HSCL job and it is St John's and St Paul's school they come here from preschool and then they go right up to the end of their primary schooling that's right it's two separate schools but we work really really closely together and thank you Jerry for give a shout out to my colleague Maura Halvey is the HSCL homeschool teacher in St Paul's we work really closely together we have a shared parent room now we were uh, the cookery was happening near our canteen uh, but our parents room is where all the classes happen and that's a shared facility we work really closely because it's the same families it's the same community so myself and Maura work really really closely together to offer a variety of classes and um, and the canteen is a shared space as well I joined the cookery demonstration Tara Walker we're in a totally different environment today here in St John's and St Paul's and maybe you just tell us from your perspective before you uh, get into the formalities of the end of this programme what this has been like for you well, it's, I've just really thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think what I've really enjoyed so much um, is getting to know everybody. And I've really loved, like every week we've had like a little mini competition of, um, you know, where the parents are going home and cooking the dishes. They're sending me pictures of the dishes they've cooked. And I can't believe how, like so many of you cooked so many of the dishes. You know, I'm still getting photos this week of dishes that we did on the first week that they're still using. And I've really enjoyed getting to know you guys and you guys getting the use out of the recipes with your kids at home and I know some of you have told me that you know you have fussy eaters at home and it has helped and a couple of you not to blow my own trumpet but even a couple of you said that your kids were looking forward to you coming here so that when you came home you'd cook something nice for them (laughs) so that's been my favorite bit of it just seeing all of that really. A number of recipes each week you've passed on how they're cooked in a practical demonstration here and then this competition tell me about this again somebody's going to win here again today are they? Yes so basically every week uh, it was supposed to be one cookbook per week being one but I was really struggling to pick a winner each week so it's been two cookbooks the last few weeks Um, and it's basically just the lovely pictures and you know the enthusiasm that's what's really winning the books if you know what I mean and then it's been fantastic as well because Louth County Council have also been providing everybody with various ingredients and pieces of equipment we're on the last week now this is not as much today but some of the weeks we had like just so much great equipment things like measuring spoons um, you know uh, what, frying pan, absolutely. Um, baking tray, yeah, all these different things. And then handy things like the silicone brushes and stuff like that. Because a big part of stopping food waste is measuring that, you know, that you're only cooking enough that you need as opposed to just putting the whole lot of the spaghetti in or whatever. So anyway, let me announce this, this week's winners for the books. And again, as always, it's been really hard to choose, but I do have two winners. So first up, I have Yvonne Russell. Gives you the last few weeks. Yeah, well done. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your time here. Have you been here from week one? Every week, yeah. And I've cooked mainly all dishes. I'm just delighted all my kids have tried them and enjoyed them. Like they've, It's been a hit in the, in the house. <laughs> a hit in the household. I like <laughs> yeah. that phrase. Yeah. How many children have you? Four. Ranging in ages from what? Um, twins, three, six and eleven. So. Okay, so you've quite a spread of ages yeah. there and different palettes to... Uh, cater for as well would you say coming here that you could cook that you were a good cook yeah but it's been it's turned out better (laughs) right okay so in what way how has it improved you Um, experimenting with different things and I find I'm not wasting food 
Was that a big problem? Because that's the premise of this whole six weeks here. You you are now more focused. You're you're saving money. Yeah, definitely. I'm finding like I'm using all my veg, fresh veg, frozen veg, everything. Mm. Like, Mm. yeah, there's no waste. And the children are very happy as well. They're delighted, yeah. They look forward to you, as we said there a moment ago, when you finish here, getting home. Yeah, they're enjoying all the new recipes every week. So, yeah, it's just a shame it's going to be... (laughs) Aww. It's, it's the end for the moment, let's yeah. say. Yeah, but I'm delighted now. I get a load of recipes in the book. Look at that book. Good <laughs> yeah. food. No stress. Tara Walker, it's yours today. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So the next winner, the last winner for the course, is Gillian Gogarty. Very, very well done, Gillian. Come on up here. Gillian, congratulations thank to you. You much. get the uh, book as well on the final wonderful, week here wonderful. in St. John's and uh, St. Paul's. What about you and your story coming here? Tell me a little bit about why you came in the first place. I came because you've stuff always in your fridge or in your press and you don't know what else to use with it. Where the Tara gave you three or four dishes for the same ingredients and three dishes that fill a house, three different meals. It was fantastic. And then it's just new ideas, fresh ideas, same recipes, but using spices and that that I would never have used, mm. you know. So it was great. It was informative as well and good food. Kids love it. How many are you catering for in your home? Two. Okay, and is it a, an issue with their eating and what they like to eat? It is, yeah. They can be fussy on some mm. things. And I find, like, um, you're using it and they, they're they looking sometimes at veg that they would, oh, I wouldn't try that, you know. But it's trying it in a different way, using them in different ways, and they, they loved it, absolutely loved it. So it's been a success on the veg front because you know young yeah. people yourself trying to get them to and eat the carrots and the cabbage and everything. And most people eat with their eyes, mm. you know, and it's, it's, it's just doing it in things in a different way using the same products all the time but it's it, the kids aren't being fussy they're actually looking forward to coming home what are we going to be cooking this week ma'am you know what's and there's always something nice as well there's always a little sweet as well so mm. it's fantastic yeah it's shame it's finishing <laughs> oh my god the regret here this morning is palpable around the, the hall isn't it but look has it changed you for good have you taken from this six weeks uh, something that is in your home now forever yeah not to, not to be afraid to try things mm. Mix up the ingredients. As Tara always says, it's, it's not you have to have this, this and this. It's whatever you have. Try it. Put it into the dish. Don't be afraid. And uh, you're a few euro better off in the pocket absolutely, as well. Absolutely. absolutely. Well, you're not going out buying um, five different ingredients. Mm. Or five, you're using everything. Mm. Everything's been used up and you're not running every day looking for something different, you know? Fantastic. Fantastic. Good all round. Congratulations. Well done on winning the book. Thanks a million for giving us a quick word. My God, the two book winners are waxing lyrical about this, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, no, I think there's, that's why I said at the beginning, you know, the best part for me has been just seeing everybody really enjoy it, you know, and, and using the recipes. It's just fantastic. I'm delighted with that, yeah. You know, she's the star of TV3 at the weekends, late lunch on LMFM with me each month as well. And, you know, at our wonderful cookery school, she's busy, busy, busy with courses and children. Let me ask you this, doing something like this, where does it rate in the whole uh, work space that you're involved in? Really, really high. Um, like, obviously, I love the cookery school and all the customers who come to me, but for me, this felt like, because we'd six weeks and we'd plenty of time, like, it felt like something that was really going to make a bit of a difference to everybody. In terms of, like, as Gillian was just saying there, you know, where in the past you might open the fridge and see a few bits and bobs and you're not really sure what to do with them and then you might throw them out and go out and buy new things. 
you actually now have the confidence to, to rustle something up. Like we've done everything from a basic tomato sauce and using that for lots of different things to a curry paste, but using the curry paste for soup, curry, other things. So, you know, like if you just have a few peppers and onions in the fridge, well, then you can do a curry from it, you know, and throw a few chickpeas or cannellini beans in from your store cupboard. So that I've really, really enjoyed that part of it because obviously at the cookery school, it's a lot about, you know, showing people fabulous recipes that they can go home and cook, which is lovely. But this feels like it's more of a, a thing about how you live your life in terms of the kitchen, you know. Can you hear that rumble in the background there? They're all in the kitchen now here in St John's for their break as I'm about to leave. And Regina Clark is here with me again. We were talking to her at the top of the show there. I've just been in there talking to Tara, to all the participants in the course. My words, you can be so proud of yourselves. <laughs> Everybody to a man and woman are thrilled with the six weeks. It's been absolutely fabulous, Jerry. We've ran, ran other courses because this is year four of my job in this role. But this, I think, has been the most successful because, well, it was through Tara, then through the funding. We couldn't have run a course like this without with our funding. We do run courses, but it's just been an amazing buzz. And just the ongoing hopefully long-term effects on the parents, on the families. Good food, not costing the earth, all the knock-on effects for those families. It's just been a brilliant wow all around for us here in St. John's and St. Paul's. And we're sorry to see, see that this is the last day. Oh, but listen, it's the last day of this initiative. There will be many more, and I'm sure they look at this again down the road. But look at Regina, thank you for inviting me here this morning. It's been very special for me, I have to say. It's lovely to hear that, Jerry. It's lovely to have you here. You're our neighbour just up the road, so it's been <laughs> lovely to have you here as well. We hope we can do something as good to be as proud of as this course with Tara Walker. It's just been fabulous for us here in St John's and St Paul's. Thank you, Jerry. Yes, what a very special uh, programme that was, and I was delighted to uh, be there on the final day. Jerry, next time you talk to that lady, yes, I was talking to that wonderful lady in Limerick earlier on about tea and snuff and more besides. Um, would you mention to her, has she ever come across anybody using snuff on strawberries as a deterrent for red spider mite? An old gardener told me this. Interesting. Des was on from Dundalk uh, saying uh, that uh, if you're ever in Yorkshire in England, go to a restaurant called Harrogate. Uh, you would want to go and see the whole selection and volume of teas they have there in large open boxes. It's unreal. They sell the tea by the hundredweight and people who attend any conference centres for events over there always visit Harrogate and bring home some real leaf tea as a present to their loved ones. Indeed, I must say, keep that in mind. Des, thanks for your comment. And Paddy was on to say, every time I go to the vets, it costs me a lot of money. Do you know something, Paddy? Same food with me here when I go to the vet, the doctor, the solicitor, the restaurant. It all costs money. That's what it's about. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. We have a very special story for you. After three, an Italian Dundalk fan who's very disappointed. You have to hear that one, I promise you. Dundalk bookmaker Marcella McCoy is on her pitch at Cheltenham yesterday. She got her second place for us. Marcella, good afternoon. Hello, how's Well done yesterday. Thank you so much for that one. Came in second at a nice price. Have you someone for us today? I have something for you today. Um, I'll tell you now. It's from the horse's mouth. In the last race, we have the champion bumper, 530 race. Yeah. Number 13, uh, Willie Mullins, Blue Sari. Blue Sari, number 13, yeah. Willie Mullins. And also, and, and also in the 450 race, I have Band of Outlaws. 
Okay, and I'm just looking for that. Oh, yeah, I have that there as well. That's Joseph O'Brien's horse. Is that okay? That is brilliant. So those the two... Best, the very best uh, with them for today, and um, I'm sure I'll be talking to you all tomorrow. You will indeed, Marcella. Thanks so much for joining us. Take care of yourself, Marcella. Bye-bye, 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 bye-bye. She's under pressure there because she's on our pitch. She's working away at Cheltenham in Presbury Park, and we're delighted to grab her for the few minutes each day. She got us a second yesterday at Cheltenham. Can we go better today with a winner? Just to remind you of those from Marcella. She's very good. She really is. Uh, Weatherby's champion bumper, the 5.30 at Cheltenham today. Blue Sari is our pick there. and uh, That's at Willie Mullins again and staying Irish with Joseph O'Brien in the 4.50 race there, number three, Band of Outlaws. So let's see how we do with those. And always remember, gambling is a bit of fun. Have a bit of crack with it. Don't get too serious. But look, if you get a little uh, winner or a win on those there, the very best luck to you. And we will be talking to Marcella again on the show tomorrow afternoon. And please God, on Friday as well, the final day of the festival. Jerry, listening to your programme about pine martens, red squirrels and grey squirrels yesterday, just to let you know, I did a survey on pine martens in the woods at Townley Hall, Cullen, Barmeath, Bewley and the Hermitage in Toher. And Jerry, there are pine martens present in all of them. Isn't that great to hear? Right on our doorstep here in Louthen Mead. Uh, the only confirmed red squirrels in Louth are in Ravensdale and the Cooley Mountains. Uh, Ravensdale has both red and greys. Doonery, Doonery and me, Doonery Forest Park have red squirrels there as well uh, and they may be in other places as well uh, and I do know for definite that there are reds in Holt and Kalini in Dublin Noel Mary, you're a legend thank you so much indeed uh, for following up on our conversation on the show yesterday and dropping in your beautiful DVD Wild in the Week County I'm looking forward to looking at it Noel as well but there you have it Pine Martins Reds and Greys in the North East coming in from Noel and as an addendum to that have to tell you it was on about frog spawn last week I found Spawn on Saturday in my favourite spot. Yes, the frogs have spawned there. So that's a little one for Loud. There wasn't much frog spawn in Loud that we heard about on this show. Anyway, last week. Now, you heard Michael there in the sports news mentioning that Dundalk's game Friday week is off against Bohemians. It was to be at Oriel Park. There is an Italian Dundalk fan very, very disappointed that they, that game is off. And we are going to talk to him after this break, live from Rome. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada and Dundalk. The March sales event is now on, offering low APR finance and deposit contribution across the 191 Renault range. Offer ends March 30th, so call into Blackstone Motors, Drada or Dundalk today to see how affordable buying a new Renault is. As I mentioned, you will have heard on our sports news that Dundalk's home game against Bohemians Friday week at Oriel Park is off because of international call-ups. That's fine and plenty of notice if you're a Dundalk fan from the area or anywhere nearby here in Ireland. But if you live in Rome, uh, Italy, and you followed the club and you were planning to come to the game and everything is booked, well, you can only imagine how you'd be feeling today. Well, the man who's feeling like that is with me on the line now. Giordano Pantosti, welcome to Late Lunch. Thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Can you tell me this? How is a 19-year-old man from Rome following the Dog Football Club in Ireland? Yeah, it's a long story. Uh, when I was uh, 12, I started getting into Irish football. 
I was playing FIFA with friends. So we, we had to choose the worst team in FIFA, and it was Drogheda. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. Got, hold on a minute. Yeah. I'm going to stop you there. I'm a Drogheda fan. Yeah. I'm a Drogheda oh, fan. Yeah. Not the worst no, team I'm in football. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me that I'm saying that. <laughs> go on, FIFA, go on. So, yeah. Uh, and I found out that Gabriel Sava was playing there. Okay. So uh, I just started uh, imagining why would an, an Italian goalkeeper uh, play in Ireland? Then I, uh, you know, I just started following him, and uh, I discovered uh, some year, many years later that he went to Dundalk, and uh, so I, I began following Dundalk like this. Then uh, mostly, yeah, because of video games to uh, like Football Manager, I started managing in a, uh, in a virtual life Dundalk. Yes, and. And yeah, I I got more and more into the club, you know. And back in 2016, uh, the year of the European run, yeah. I decided to go on study vacation in in the summer in Dundalk. Okay. Uh, so yeah, and from you know from maybe 2014, but more like uh, 2016, I've. I've been following the doc every every day. Like, Fantastic! It's difficult, yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's a great story. So it started with FIFA, uh, and you had yeah. to pick a team, and you picked poor old Rada. And then you decided when Sava <laughs> left Rada to Dundalk, you were going to follow him there and follow the club he was playing for. And look at the wonderful success that's followed. Have you been listening yeah. to the games, following them that closely? Yes. Yeah, sure. Where do you um, listen to the I, games? Uh, here on your radio, mainly, yeah. Okay, so you and listen on LMFM, you listen to the live stream of the Dundalk games sure. when they're on? Yeah. Good man. Yeah, here on the radio or uh, if uh, if I couldn't listen to it on Twitter, you know, yeah. I, yes. I just started to have this, this account. Uh, I think it was, yeah, the last year. So... Yeah, it's it's not so difficult thanks to you to to follow to follow the team. Brilliant. And because it done, you know what I found out is that uh, even if the league isn't promoted well, uh, there is a, ro- a sense of community. Yeah. That you know uh, it's it's difficult to explain, but I've never felt like that. I'm also a Roma supporter. So, but Rome is a, is a big city. Mm. There, there's not a community like the one it is in Ireland. Okay. So thanks to thanks to to people uh, like um, like you, but uh, thanks to the local radios, thanks to Twitter, I I can uh, I can follow the dark every day. Yeah. Isn't that fantastic? So you are a Roma fan back home, but you don't get that sense of community or closeness that you get with yeah. following Dundalk, even the distance you are away. Tell me about the time you met the club chairman as well, did you? The Dundalk chairman? Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, I got in touch with him. Uh, yeah, I think it was uh, later summer. Uh, he he was planning to go to, to Italy, so... Uh, we met, yeah, we met in Rome, 
and uh, he was there because mainly because of his uh, of work reasons. Yes. He also had, yeah, PCX also has stakes in, uh, in Roma. Mm. Uh, but yeah, uh, he he wanted to know me. Yeah, it, it was strange even for an American uh, that an that an Italian guy uh, followed followed and dark. Yeah, supported and dark. So I had a great time with him. We we talked a lot about the the football club. He also told me that when he discovered about the club. Uh, he also went searching on FIFA <laughs> the staffs of the players. Yes. Interesting, <laughs> so, the link yeah. between you and him. And that, of course, was Mike Tracy, the chairman. So here your plans are in disarray. Yourself and your four, four of your friends were coming to Dundalk for this game yeah. against Bohemians, and now it has been cancelled. And your arrangements are in place. You're still coming, yes? Yeah, I'm still coming. We'll be in, in Dublin, yeah. uh, of course, but... I I don't know if I'll be in Dundalk. So, uh, you know, an hour ago, uh, Brian Gartland uh, wrote me a message to to see if he could do something like, uh, you know, uh, watch them training, watch the team training, and it would be awesome to to have the chance to to be there and see the team, <laughs> like not not in a football game, but yeah. It, it would be amazing, really. Well, well, let me tell you this. We can go one better on uh, your favourite local radio station in the world, LMFM Radio, this afternoon, because we have the main man. We have the first team coach from Dundalk, Vinnie Pert, on the line. Afternoon, oh. Vinnie. How are you doing? How how things? How are you doing? Ah, good. Thanks, Vinnie. Thanks very oh. much for taking, <laughs> taking our call. Giordano's on the other line. He's listening to you. What do you want to say to him? Can you help him out? He'd love to engage with you guys some, somehow. Yeah, obviously we're very disappointed. I mean, it's amazing that people have um, have really followed Dundalk from, you know, we've sort of, the success over the last six, seven years has really meant that um, not just people from Dundalk, but from the sort of wider world have shown a real interest. And I suppose the European run at the time would have highlighted that. So it's great to, it's great to have, you know, people from, from around the world making contact with the club and um, and and as as you said, it is really a, a community, and we do like you know to look after people. And um, once you become a Dundalk fan, you become part of the family. So I suppose I mean that's excellent, and that's something that um, we really try and embrace and, and and work with people in that sense. So um, yeah, look, we, we really yeah. love to make an effort. Um, when we heard the story, you know, earlier on in the last couple of hours, we heard the story. So we'd love um, for the lads to come in and sort of meet the players. You know, watch us try and sort of join in a little bit to, to a point and, and um, be involved on a training day and, and sort of get to know the lads and, and come and have some lunch with us after training. And, um, you know, I suppose it's an opportunity just to get to know the players and who they are. So when he is following the games and the lads are following the games on the radio or on social media, they, they'll know who they're talking about. And uh, mm. we'd, love to, we'd love to make that connection. Well, Vinny, that is a wonderful gesture on your behalf, the players and the club as well. Here, Giordano, let me tell you something. You'll be glad this game is off because you're actually going to get access to the players, see yeah. them training, go for lunch with them. Come on, it's even better. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm speechless. I, I don't know what to say, really. <laughs> I, I'm just too happy, yeah. I, I had a bad morning, but what an afternoon <laughs> it is. Yeah, I, 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 I can't believe it, really. 
Well, it is real. Thanks a lot to, to, to the team, to, to Vini, to uh, really to, to all the Dunlop community, to LMFM Radio. Thank you. No, you're so welcome. It's just a lovely story as well. When we picked up on it, we had to bring it to the airwaves and let people know uh, the goodness of Dundalk and what they're going to do for you. And I'm delighted now that in some way this may make up for not actually seeing them in action. So you'll have to come back again then and actually see them play. Lads, I have to leave it there for today. Giordano, thank you for joining us. Vinnie Pert, you're a star. Thanks so much. Thank you a lot. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. 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 And that connection will be made and will happen. I love it. A good news story and what a way to finish late lunch this afternoon the late lunch with blackstone motors drahada and dundalk the march sales event is now on offering low apr finance and deposit contribution across the 191 renault range offer ends march 30th so call into blackstone motors drahada or dundalk today to see how affordable buying a new renault is Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.